It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk Milwaukee Brewers. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before because BetOnline is where the game starts. Farm Friday for the Brewers, a system that we have talked about individual guys at length. We did a whole show on them a uh, about a month ago, but just interesting to kind of update where some of these guys are as of right now. So, uh, single A's, the Carolina Mudcats in the Carolina League. And the most, the two most prominent guys here are both recent draftees. So, you've got shortstop Eric Brown Jr., uh, number seven overall prospect, 2022 first rounder out of Coastal Carolina, uh, which has kind of quietly become a, a, a kind of a college baseball, I'm going to say powerhouse, but a, a well-regarded program. Uh, six foot 190. And the thing to understand about Eric Brown, it, very small sample size. He got less than 100 at-bats. So, I mean, the slash line's fine. 268, 385, 454, three home runs, 19 stolen bases, which is nice. But the big thing here to understand about Eric Brown is... I feel like he is a high-floor, lower-ceiling kind of guy. And granted, we have, 100, we have college and 100 professional at-bats to ju- judge that off of. But every one of his tools is at least average or above average. But at the same time, none of his tools are plus. You know, he hit tool, 50 grade. Perfectly average. Power, 50. Uh, Speed, I'd give him probably a 55, which I know some people don't like the half grades. But uh, defense, give him a 50. Arm, I'd give him a 50. And so he can do he can do a lot of stuff. I think one of the keys to kind of transcending that and getting to the next level of potential is going to be uh, working on the swing. He's got a very unconventional swing, a lot of extra parts, really big leg kick in there. If he can simplify the swing a bit, uh, get it where he can get the bat into the zone quicker and then generate a little bit more power driving the ball in the air versus line drive, things like that, I think you could see the powers tick up just a little bit. Maybe the hit tool tick up just a little bit. Uh, defensively, he can... I'm pretty. I I think he can stay it short. I, I I feel fine when I watch him. I don't freak out and think, "Oh, there's no way this guy's a professional shortstop." Uh, again, speed is just above average. Arm strength is you know average to above average. I think he'll be fine at short. So Eric Brown, interested to see what he does uh, going into next year. Another guy here, single A, another 20, 2022 draft pick, Jacob Mizorowski. Um, second rounder out of junior college, 6'7", 190. So what I love about him, and I just saw some tweets from Brewers Player Development the other day with some video of him, flamethrower. So 6'7", can hit 100 miles an hour, and it plays up a little bit because he gets great extension. 
We've talked about extension before being as far as how close to the plate do you release the pitch. Guys who are incredibly tall naturally have more extension. And then guys who aren't as tall but have great flexibility and longer arms can get higher than average extension, which helps their stuff play play up. Spencer Strider is an example of a guy that isn't incredibly tall but gets good extension. Jacob Mizorowski, great extension. Again, fastball can hit 100. It's very good up in the zone. So when he elevates the fastball, it's good for swing and miss. It's got a lot of spin and carry on it. He can miss bats with it. Slider is mid-80s. He can run it up into like, you know, 90 or so. When it's on, when it's when it's when it's doing everything right, uh, it flashes plus. It's got a it's got a good angle to it when it comes in. Uh, really, just a two like he's really kind of a two pitch guy. Doesn't necessarily have that third pitch that you really trust. But plus slider, plus plus fastball. There is there is a short track record of guys making a fastball slider combo work as a starting pitcher. I go back to Spencer Strider, who we just talked about. I'm not saying Jacob, Jacob Mizorowski is Spencer Strider, but I'm saying there's a blueprint to making a two-pitch arsenal work when they're two really good pitches. The issue you have for Jacob Mizorowski is his control. Part of that is you see that with these longer levered guys, uh, but in junior college, 76 innings, he walked 45 guys. So... Absolutely have to figure that out. If you don't figure that out, he's going to end up being a reliever. I'm confident that the Brewers pitching development can figure it out and can get him to at least an average level of control where he can be a starter. Uh, going on to high A to the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. A couple guys here I want to mention. Uh, number six prospect in the system, second baseman Tyler Black. 2021 first round supplemental out of Wright State, 62190. And 64 games is what he got in this year. 281, 406, 424. Four home runs, 21 extra base hits. Here's the big thing to me for for a young player. 45 walks to 44 strikeouts. So he didn't strike, he struck out less than once a game and he walked more than he struck out. Was 13 to 19 on stolen bases. Uh, but he needs that offensive power, right? The, his, his, he plays second base versus shortstop, and he's probably a little bit below average at second base. Uh, he had a, a torn labrum in 2020. His arm strength still hasn't really returned from that, so the arm's below average. Footwork and range don't seem to be that great at second, and so that offense is going to have to carry him. But um, he can... He can handle velocity. He can handle spin. He can really drive a pitch if it's lower in the strike zone. So I feel like he has the tools to be an like offensively to be an everyday second baseman. I want to see the the defense get to at least average so that it's he's not a liability out there. Uh, another guy, catcher, number ten prospect in the system, catcher Jefferson Cuero, twenty nineteen IFA out of Venezuela, five ten one sixty five. Fantastic defender, plus arm, uh, plus prep time, uh, pop times. Really looks good. He spent seventy five games in lo- in single A, twenty in high A, two eighty six, three forty two, four thirty nine. Ten home runs, thirty four extra base hits, thirty walks to seventy six strikeouts, and was ten and twelve on stolen bases. So 
Didn't strike out once a game, struck out less than that, um, but walked less than half the amount of time he struck out and didn't hit for a high average, didn't get a a great on base or great slugging. So the bat is the question here. I think the raw tools as far as the bat, I mean, I'd give his power at least a 50 grade and I think his offense could be a little bit better as far as like, not, not from where it is. I mean, the potential of it, probably a 50 to 55. Uh, very, very in- intelligent. The bat speed is something where you haven't seen a ton of that. I think some of that may be some physical maturation. He's just now, he, he turns 20 years old in like two weeks. So he's still 19. Uh, I think once you get a little bit more physical development, some of the more, some more bat speed will come. Uh, and once that happens, I think you'll see uh, a better results from Jefferson Cuero as far as power is concerned. In just a minute, I want to get to the AA Biloxi Shuckers and the AAA Nashville Sounds. There is a ton of outfielders in this system. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more um, odds, props, and lines. You can get the latest player developments, team matchups, news, in-depth articles, and analysis on every single sporting event just about. They remain your continued source for your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Obviously, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, college football, professional football. And then they have some fun props that aren't necessarily specific to the games. Obviously, the playoffs are coming up. Uh, you know, We're figuring out who's going to win the National League East, for instance, over the weekend. But... They have some interesting other props. Like right now, uh, email again, shout out Jimmy Shapiro, our buddy from Bet Online. Send an email out with some top uh, pending free agents. If they don't get re-signed, what's the, the favorite for where they're going to go? Aaron Judge, if not re-signed by the Yankees, 3-1 to one odds that he's a Met. 4-1 to one odds that he's a Dodger. 5-1 to one odds that he's a member of the Boston Red Sox. So really interesting to kind of see who's in that that race. Also, 10 to 1 that he's a Philly, which they have a bunch of outfielders that can't play defense. I don't know Judge can play defense. I just don't know where you fit him into the roster in that situation. A uh, couple other interesting ones. Uh Jacob DeGrom apparently if he does not re-sign with the Mets, Dodgers at 7 to 2, which makes sense it's the Dodgers they get everybody. Astros at 4 to 1, Braves and Yankees at 5 to 1. Thought that was really interesting to see the Braves in there. Uh, a team that has a ton of a ton of pitchers. Everybody just about in the infields locked up except for Dansby Swanson. Everybody on the field locked up except for Dansby Swanson. So interesting to see where guys go there. But in the meantime, if you, if you want to see all of these, see MLB playoff lines, all of that, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so... Not a ton of guys in double-A Biloxi. They're in that weird thing where a lot of guys have been promoted uh, past double-A towards the end of the season, or a lot of guys were left there in high-A and didn't make it to double-A. The big guy of note for double-A uh, is the guy that we've talked about. I feel like the most of almost any prospect on this pod is Jackson Churio. Uh, breakout prospect of the year is probably going to end up being one of the top five or seven prospects in baseball at some point in time next year, if not number one. Uh, 2020 IFA, I'm not going to go into super de- detail on Jackson Churio. We know who he is now. 
165, 99 games across multiple levels here. 288, 342, 538, 20 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 32 walks to 118 strikeouts, 16 to 20 on stolen bases. Flashes, uh, 70 grade speed, 60 grade power, 60 grade defense, uh, above average hit tool, and average to above average arm. So a couple years away, but like one of those could be a power speed threat. Um, looks like he's going to possibly be an all-star and could debut at age 20. I mean, this looks like a fantastic, fantastic prospect. Going to be number one soon. Instead, let's go ahead and move to AAA Nashville, the Nashville Sounds, which is a country music reference if you think about it. Uh, let's get into the pitchers real quick. And the next segment, we'll talk about some of the position players. So two interesting pitchers here. Left-hand pitcher Robert Gasser, number 11 prospect in the system, 2021 uh, second-rounder supplemental out of, um, out of Houston by the Padres, was moved over in, in the Josh Hader deal. So 6'1", 190, pitched in 26 games this year, 7-11 record, 3.75 ERA, 1.27 whip, had 132 innings pitched this year, with 166 strikeouts, so that's 11.3 per nine innings, to 52 walks, so 3.5 walks per nine innings, with 10 home runs allowed. All right, so Robert Gasser um, doesn't have overwhelming velocity, right? He's a lefty. We understand that's going to be a little bit lower. Um, He sat low 80s to, or, or high 80s to low 90s in college. He now sits 90 to 93. He can put a little bit extra behind it and get it to 95. But he sits in the, you know, the mid to lower 90s. Uh, I do like the late run on the fastball. I like what it does when he elevates it as well. Uh, slider, when he picked up the velocity on the fastball, the slider got a little more deadly. So above average, he can, he can just like make it die in the zone. So he gets a lot of swing and misses off of that. He's got a changeup, which is average right now. I think it could potentially get to above average, but the slider is the number one pitch. Changeup, fastball. I'd put it in that order. He has a curveball. Uh, it's not worth throwing. The curveball is more so maybe you break it out once a game just to kind of steal a strike early, but the curveball is not worth throwing. It's not a great curveball. The big thing here, control. Uh, he has plus control. He can spot the fastball wherever he wants to. Again, really effective up in the zone. He likes to throw it there. He can move the secondary pitch landing point where it's going to end up to get a swing and miss, get you to change. And then he has like a pause in his delivery that he can use to kind of play some timing games with guys. Uh, think about what Nestor Cortez does, you know, with, with when he, uh, how he comes set and how long the pause is before he throws. Um, so interesting there. I see him, I mean, Polished, knows what he's doing, has the three pitches that he trusts, can put them wherever he wants. So he's got the pitch ability, but without the velocity, without you know the extra, you know the put away pitch, I still have him as like a number four, number five. Uh, definitely somebody who's going to contribute to your big league team, and I feel pretty confident that he's gonna he's gonna get there because of how polished he is already. Go along with him. Left-hand pitcher Ethan Small, number 14 prospect in the system. Uh, you know, 
another lefty, 6'3", 215. He was a 2019 first rounder out of Mississippi State. Um, had Tommy John in college. They drafted him and, and, and took him uh, late in the first round. He lost time his first year uh, due to a, a strained tendon. But another guy that doesn't have overwhelming velocity, right? So fastball sits uh, low 90s, you know, 91, 93, has a plus changeup. They tunnel and disguise very well. The changeup looks exactly like the fastball coming out, and then boom, just dies late. Uh, so doesn't, you know, he, he really throws the changeup a lot. Fastball changeup is the thing. He has a slider. He has a curveball at best. They're fringe to average. You're looking at the fastball uh, changeup is the thing. Another guy does the timing games. He, you know, he'll vary the leg lift. He'll vary the tempo, the delivery to mess with guys, kind of keep them off balance. Uh, was really good as far as control in college. He's backed up a bit in the pros. So 26 games this year, uh, seven and six, 450 ERA. It's a lefty who doesn't throw super hard and doesn't have overwhelming tools. You'll see them get hit from time to time. Uh, 450 ERA, 1.363 whip. 102 innings pitched, 113 strikeouts, so 10 strikeouts per nine, to 58 walks, five walks per 5.1 walks per nine. Gave up eight home runs. Something where if he can if he can improve the curveball or the slider, and then he can get uh he can get the control back to where it was when he was in college. I think you're looking at a guy who can be a solid back-end starter. But if not, if that stuff doesn't happen, you're definitely looking at a reliever. So this is the reliever risk we talk about when we talk about a guy who has reliever risk is the control's iffy. He's only got the two pitches. This is a situation where we're like, okay, this guy's destined to be a reliever unless he figures this out. In just a minute, I want to get into all of the outfielders that they have in AAA and the bigs because they have a bunch of guys to patrol the outfield and they're going to have to figure out what they do with them right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So the AAA Nashville Sounds, uh, we're, we're still in here. We've covered some of the pitchers here. But let's talk about these outfielders. There's a ton of outfielders. Obviously, Jackson Churio is at AA. That was a late in the season call-up. That was their September call-up for him. So he's not part of this group. But he's coming. He's coming behind all these guys. You've got South Relic. You've got Joey Weimer, you've got Asturi Ruiz, who came over in the Josh Hader deal, and then you've got shortstop and outfielder Bryce Tarank. So, ton of options here. South Relic is, we've talked about him before, didn't go well. Um, 5'9", 175, he was a 2021 first rounder out of Boston College. And 117 games this year in the minors, uh, divided between high A, double A, triple A. 331, 403, 479. 11 home runs, 44 extra base hits, 52 walks to 63 strikeouts, and 24, 32 on stolen bases. So a couple things to note here. One, his batting average went up at every level. Batting average was better in double A than it was in high A, better in triple A than it was in double A. Went up at every level. That's fantastic. Um, speed is Phenomenal, 70 grade speed, very, you know, very good speed. And he uses that to kind of, he was defensive player of the year for the ACC in college. Um, 
He's got, because of the speed, he's got, he has that, he has good instincts, good range. So he plays a, above average defense, despite having below average arm strength. That's just, he doesn't have a lot behind the arm. Um, offensive, you know, offensively, the power ceiling's kind of capped. Part of that's the stature, right? 5'9", 175. Uh, you know, he can, he's got really good, like, really quick hands. And so he can kind of whip, the, you know, whip the bat through the zone. Uh, you get a fastball up and in. You know, he can, he can pull it. You have a, um, something away. He can kind of, you, know, you know, shoot a pitch out to the opposite field. Really good at doing that. But too often, well, one, the swing isn't necessarily geared for contact. It's a level to sometimes downward swing, and he counts on his speed to beat out the throw. And then when he does, um, when he does get into one, unless it's up in the zone and he pulls it, he's not putting it over the fence. Power is probably a forty grain, and I think that's ultimately going to be what caps him there. But very much an old school center field leadoff type. Can, make, can put a bat to a ball, has great speed to get on base, and can be a threat to steal when he gets there. So that's South Relic in a nutshell for you. Uh, Bryce Terang, shortstop and outfielder. 2018 first rounder out of high school. Uh, 130 games, 286, 361, 407. 12 home runs, 38 extra base hits, 65 walks to 118 strikeouts. 34, 36 on stolen bases. If his power can develop a little more, I think he could be um, an above-average everyday player. But if not, I kind of see him as a utility guy. Uh, he can, he's got plus speed. He's got good athleticism. He's a reliable defender at shortstop. Uh, average arm strength. He can pl- he's played some in the outfield as well. Obviously, you have a ton of outfielders and don't necessarily need him to cover the outfield for you, but he can do it. He played shortstop, second, third, and center field this year. So they've used him all over the field. I think that's probably his best bet unless he somehow uh, gets a little more power. Maybe, you know, identifying pitches he can pull and Selling out a little bit more, but you already saw the strikeouts are 118 over 130 games. He's got a little wiggle room there to keep it under once one strikeout per game. But ultimately, if the power doesn't come in, I see him as a utility guy. Somebody who can play four days a week, another kind of version of a Chris Taylor. Uh, Joey Weimer, number four prospect in the system. All the top prospects are outfielders, guys. Uh, 2024th rounder out of Cincinnati. He's he's the the plus plus raw power guy in the system. Everybody's got one. He's the guy. 65215 over 125 games. 254 335 462. 21 home runs. 55 extra base hits. Here's the downside, similar to what you have with a lot of these power sluggers. 55 walks to 146 strikeouts in 125 games. So just over once per game, and then 31 to 34 on stolen bases. So a couple things here. Profiles to me as like a power slugging right fielder. Has an absolute freaking cannon for an arm. It's a plus runner. Can play center, but I think he's going to be a plus defender in right, and the arm's going to be a weapon. Um, 30% strikeout rate. Not great. Uh, I, part of it, I think, is... It feels like he swings for the fences on every single 
pitch. And if he can be a little more selective and try to let some stuff go, try to adjust to off speed as it comes in, and then identify here's a pitch I can drive and crush it, I think he's right there. I think he's that close. It's just, I mean, he's got so many tools. He's already worked to kind of quiet the swing down, had a lot of moving parts at Cincinnati, has already simplified it a bit. He just really needs to to do a better job of pitch decision, like swing decisions. When am I going to go for it? When am I going to let it pass? Or when am I just going to try to make quality contact versus swinging for the fences? I think if Joey Weimer can do that, he is the dude in right field for a decade for the Brewers. I like him that much. And then Esturi Ruiz is the number five prospect in the system. He spent time up at the big league level. Uh, I, again, Josh Hader deal came over from the, from the Padres. Uh, 2015 IFA for like $100,000 with the Royals. He got traded in the Trevor Cahill deal to the Padres. And then now is on his third organization. Had a breakout this year. Uh, 113 games across a lot of different organizations and affiliates. So 330, 447, 524. 16 home runs, 50 extra base hits, 66 walks to 93 strikeouts, and 85 of 97 on stolen bases. His speed is plus. It's not 70 grade, 80 grade. It's just a 60 grade. But despite that, very, very good um, very, very good instincts as far as when to run. And somebody who the pitch clock, he's going to wreak havoc in the big league level as the big league pitchers learn to adjust to the pitch clock if he debuts next year in the bigs. Uh, he moved from the infield to the outfield. Uh, and so still working, still learning to play center field. The reads, routes, and reactions are okay. I think they can get better. I still don't know if he'll end up as an average defender. I think he may be. He may end up being slightly below average. We'll see. He's got the propensity to do the work. He's done a lot of work to improve himself as a ball player. So I don't see a reason why he wouldn't continue to, to improve and to do work. Um, struggles with strikeouts at times. Had a good year this year cutting that down. We'll see how that ends up. Last guy, another outfielder, has already been called up to the big league levels. Garrett Mitchell. Uh, 2021 first rounder out of UCLA, 6'3", 215. Fantastic defender. Probably the fastest dude in this entire system. Blazing speed in center field. Was only 17 to 18 on stolen bases this year. So not as aggressive as you'd like to see for that speed. But 68 games in the minors. 287, 377, 426. Five home runs. 23 extra base hits. 30 walks to 74 strikeouts. I admittedly did not think he was ready for an MLB call-up. I thought it was a little bit early to call him up uh, because the power hadn't necessarily continued to manifest. Big league level, 286, 352, 388. One home run in 23 games, just about 50 at-bats. So that's kind of been borne out. But I think the overall uh, hit tool is probably, I'm sorry, the overall uh, power tool is probably average, probably a 50 grade. Hit tools there as well. Defense is plus. He's probably one of the better defensive center fielders in this system. Uh, and you put him and Sal Frelick in the same outfield. You've got, you know, I'm just thinking like Frelick, Weimer, Mitchell. I guess you put Frelick in, you know, maybe Frelick in center. 
Mitchell and left, uh, Weimer and right. You've got a pretty you got a pretty good defensive outfield right there. Uh, Mitchell's arm is better. I'd like him in center field. I just don't think Sal Frelick profiles as a left field guy. So that's kind of the issue. Is they they both are center field profiles. I don't want to waste Garrett Mitchell in a corner, but Sal Frelick doesn't necessarily fit your traditional left field. But either way, fantastic defender. Needs to work on the swing. Needs to retool the swing a bit. Um, he's, it's, he doesn't have a great launch angle to it. And then has some moving parts. Takes him a little while to get into it. I want to see him uh, get a little better of, a, of an uphill swing on it so that he can tap into that power and make it manifest. But absolutely a good player. He's one of those I'd look for him to do a lot of work over the offseason and come next year with that revamp swing now that he's seen what his swing can do against big leaguers and he understands this is the element I'm missing is the power. Fantastic eye. This is a great week. I love this week. Next week, a lot of fun stuff. We're going over the uh, the minor league prospects of the year for every organization. We've got a Mailbag Monday. We've got a Farm Friday. It's going to be a fantastic week. Last call for questions. If you've got questions for the Mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Enjoy your weekend. And until we talk on Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.